0: All right, happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the FalconCast. And uh, we've already got some cool people trickling in here at PJ's, including uh, Lewis and Drew who are here, and we got a bunch more coming in, and that's where we're broadcasting today. And I have my PJ sweatshirt on. You can get yours here, by the way. Uh, And uh, because it's cool enough for it. So hope everybody is doing well today. Going to be a fun show, a lot to get to. Joe Spano is going to join me shortly, and uh, we'll talk a little you know, we'll talk a little sport, a little gambling, and then uh, uh, Tracy Cowley going to join me to do her LSU report, which should be pretty badass. So uh, feel free to stick around. It's going to be a terrific show uh, here on Halloween Eve. Since Halloween is All Hallows Eve, I don't know what you'd call this. I actually had to go by and pick up some candy in case some of the kids from the uh, neighborhood show up tomorrow night. And uh, welcome in Chuck D, who's already on his Cowboys. Uh, And, uh, uh, okay, the pretty bad thing, come on, come on. Anyway, uh, lots of stuff that I, I want to get to before we start. Um, first off, thanks to B. Hannon, Chase, Donna, Todd S., Chris Perez for supporting the show. Uh, the Venmo's on there if you want to do it. I'm working on some big stuff, and uh, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the show uh, to hopefully keep this thing going for a while. I'm going to start off with the uh, UH against Kansas State. That sucked. I mean, there's no way around it. I, I knew it was a tough spot because, you know, they're coming off two emotional wins, or, well, an emotional win and an emotional loss against really good teams. And then uh, traveling to Manhattan's never easy. 11 a.m. start, first time out of, out of the state, weather sucked. But uh, you know what? Uh, that doesn't excuse 41 to nothing. And as much as I love Dana Holgerson, I'm tired of hearing the well. This is the Big 12. Well, this is the Big 12. You've been in the Big 12. You know what it's like. You've had two years to get ready for it. So please just stop with that. Meanwhile, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the World Series. I haven't watched a second of it. Don't really plan to. And it's funny because all of my my friends who are Astros fans are like, oh, you should root for the Rangers because they're from Texas. Or, no, you should root for the Diamondbacks because we hate the Rangers. How about this? And, and this is just kind of a unique concept. How about you don't have to give a rat's ass? I mean, the reality is um, if you're an Astros fan, you don't have to be a baseball fan. Uh, you know, if you're a, a Texans fan, you don't have to be an NFL fan. Like, like the Rockets I'll watch, but I'm not, you know, and I'll watch some NBA games because I, I get interested in some of these new combinations and things like that. But for the most part, you don't have to, to root for anybody about just ignore it? There's better stuff to watch. And we got Monday Night Football tonight. We got Conference USA football tomorrow. And there's all kinds of things you can get into. So, yeah, you don't need to do that. Uh, I've watched the first three Rockets games. Uh, you know, uh, they're they're overmatched right now, but I, I do like what they have. And I think this team will get better as they move forward. And we'll, uh, we'll see an exciting team by the end of the year. And uh, finally, RIP to Matthew Perry. I know a bunch of you were Friends fans. Um, I was not. I just wish when he was in that hot tub, somebody had been around to sing I'll Be There For You. Too soon. Sorry. Uh, it, it, you know, that show wasn't my thing. Just like How I Met Your Mother. It's like how many years did they go around trying to figure out who the mother was? And I know she had, a, I know the kid had a dad. But, you uh, you know, You know who didn't have parents and turned out okay? Bruce Wayne. Just put on a cape, man. And if you put on your cape, go over to the Phoenix on Westheimer. Uh, Penn State Bar, you can watch that. they got the Premier League. Great food, great staff, Champions League early rounds. How about the Dynamo next Monday in Game 2 of their series where they're up 1-0? And uh, uh, all kinds of of great stuff going on there. And, yeah, you need to get over there. If you're a soccer fan, it's your place to be, Uh, that Champions League – uh, they get all kinds of crowds, and whoever you support, you're going to find friends there. So the Premier League is always the best, though, on uh, Saturdays and Sunday mornings. They're always packed. It's it's fun, and it's, it's really cool to see people get into their teams. So check out the Phoenix on Westheimer. All right, we are going to uh, – uh, before we get started, uh, Joel's in the house. Raj is here. Raj back from Vegas. Uh, Flea's here. Uh, Lamont's here, always a pleasure, and said boss, another great guy. I mean, I, all, all you guys are great guys, appreciate you coming on board. As I appreciate uh, the great Jose Spano for coming on board, uh, what's,
1: what's uh, cracking, Freddie?
0: oh uh, uh, not much, you know. I, I, I thought of you the other day, I, I and I know you watch all this stuff just like I do, but uh, I think I've seen every John Gotti thing ever, ever done, but I watched uh, Get Gotti last week, uh-huh. uh huh. Um, the, I think his name was Lacatio. He was a fat Joe Spano. I mean, <laughs> like a really fat Joe Spano, but he sounded just fatter like, Joe
1: Spano because Joe yeah. Spano's pretty chunky himself.
0: <laughs> Flea is asking, How's the neck? Uh, it's, it's actually much, much better. I had a therapy session today and I, I felt as good as I ever have going in, and then uh, it was a really tense session, so it's sore right now, but I've got full range. I can move it everywhere. I can, you know, do all kinds of stuff, so uh, uh, thank you for asking, and uh, yeah, I saw, I saw you at the beginning, Chucky e. D., I think, but uh, all right, so let's get to some sport. Uh, college football this weekend, not a lot of sexy games, but, you know, I mentioned the UH debacle, but Oklahoma losing to Kansas, I mean, that that's the one that really stood out,
1: and you know what stands out more? It's that they lost to Kansas with their backup quarterback, Jason Bean. And Jason Bean's a track star playing quarterback. Um, you know, he, can, he he's as fast as anybody on a college football field. You know, he was a high school track champion down in Texas. But he's a very limited thrower, and we saw that in this game. And, you know, for Kansas to pull that off... That's a big blow to Oklahoma. I I mean, I still think they end up in a Big 12 championship game against Texas. And with the Pac 12 potentially cannibalizing each other, one of Ohio State and Michigan losing to, you know, losing because they play each other, there still may be a path for Oklahoma, as there may well be a path for Texas. But. this this loss certainly does them no favors and makes this a lot more difficult path to the playoffs than it would have been. And, you know, you look back, they had trouble with Central Florida the previous week. You know, since that great rousing win over Texas in Red River, they've been dealing with a little bit of that post-Red River hangover, and it's been consecutive efforts where they've struggled. So, you know, this is—it's shocking. It hurts, and to lose to the backup hurts even more. But if you watch their form since Red River, I guess you really can't be entirely shocked.
0: Yeah, the uh, the interesting game this weekend that might impact all that is Kansas State Texas because Kansas State is playing as well as anybody right now, and uh, and they have a good record against Texas. I still think the Horns win and stay on pace, but. Kansas State's not dead in this thing, and they're following almost the exact same path they did last season where they lost two early games and then just got better and better and better. And I, I'm i not going to give them too much credit for beating UH the way they did, but going back the last three games, they've been pretty damn dominant. What they did to TCU, usually you get, you know, five to ten in
1: prison for it. <laughs> yeah. And TCU's had their struggles. But you look at Texas, and I think their key to victory in this one is that defense has to continue to dominate. Because with the backup quarterback in there, the offense is not going to be as dynamic as it was with Quinn Ewers in there. You know, you saw it against BYU. BYU, record aside, they're not very good. No. And Texas handled their business, and they and they took care of business handily. But the offense was far from dominant there. And, you know, their defense is going to have to dominate here because I'm not sure with the backup quarterback the offense can bring enough if Kansas State is clicking on all cylinders unless that Texas defense absolutely dominates on Saturday. Uh,
0: anything else stand out at you from the weekend in college football?
1: Washington, uh, two things. Penn State struggling. They got by. They struggled. A little bit of hangover there. And Washington, again, another situation. Back-to-back hangover weeks now. Since they upended Oregon in a classic, they have not played good football. You know, two hotly contested games against bottom-rung teams within the Pac-12 Conference. And if they expect to get through the meat grinder that is the Pac-12, they're going to have to play better football because they still have USC on the calendar, they still got Washington State, and they still have Oregon State all left to play in conference play and if the way they're playing now, as good as they were against Oregon in that Classic and as good as they were leading up to that point, if they continue to play like this, they're not going to get through unscathed.
0: Uh,
1: One team that
0: I've gotten really interested in mostly because I, I money lined them on Saturday night and they won Uh shout out to both rice for covering 10 and Arizona for winning against Oregon state. And, and I kind of thought that was an indication that we might have to worry about Washington at the time. turns out since Arizona's changed quarterbacks, they lost that game barely. They lost the USC barely. They just clubbed Washington state in Washington. And then Saturday night they beat Oregon state at home. And uh, yeah, uh, and it was a good win, and it was good for my pocketbook. But uh, it, it, this is a part of the, part of the year where you see some teams like that that maybe struggled early, but you know you do something like make a quarterback change, and suddenly you're a better
1: team. And yeah, uh, and that quarterback change came out of necessity. Their their starter was injured, so it wasn't one of those where it's like, all right, we're changing it. We're going to try and change things up. The starter got injured. They put this backup in, and you know, I'd bet against them a couple of, in a couple of spots, and as you said, since the backups gone in there, they've played really well against some really good Pac-12 teams and have and has pulled off some upsets. So, you know that that's a good one to look at down the stretch as far as playing spoiler in a Pac-12 that not only has a lot of talent at the top, but with Arizona doing what they're doing, they've got some some power in the middle and towards the bottom of, of that conference where, you know, these star teams, the Oregon's, the Washington's, you know, they might, the Utah's, they might get picked off again along the way or in the case of Washington for the first time along the way.
0: Yeah, Utah just got hammered. this first, first home loss in forever. And uh, uh Oregon and Bo Nix look great. I think that's a team that they're not dead yet either, but, you know, they can't afford another loss. And you know other than you know other than the game against Washington you know, they, they really haven't had any real threats I mean uh, they played a close game at tech but they were always a better team and Tech's not an easy place to play. Uh, welcome in BS Flea and yes that is a, a picture of Cushing behind me It's chewy uh, half Nielsen's here uh, and Chuck's been saying uh, Penn State's overrated
1: all year so um, I, I, I you know think- the problem with Penn State is friend? They got no wide receivers that can win. You know, you, you know, you look out has got nobody to throw to. There's nobody open down the field. They 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 you know they can pound the rock, they've got a good offensive line, they've got a dominant defense that certainly missed Chop Robinson on Saturday. But you know, they can't make yards through the air because their wide receivers simply can't win. And that's going to be the problem They're, they're, they're just, it's a flawed team that when they meet the best teams in America, they, they're not going to be able to stand up. I just don't see it. Yeah. I think the offense, uh, which looked good
0: early, but they were playing homeless guys. Um, you know, they're just not as good. And, and I think Aller's a good quarterback. I I don't, you know, but when nobody's open, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, I, that that you're not supposed to be playing Indiana that close. That that's supposed to be a game yeah. where you're pissed off and you come out and you stomp a hole in them, and their families, and everybody else they know. But um, uh, yeah, that that one in, in Utah just they without camurizing, they're not they're not a threat to the top teams. It's just
1: they they haven't figured out. You know, that they've moved from quarterback to quarterback. They've tweaked the scheme. I mean. They've got the defense. They certainly have the coaching. Kyle Whittingham is as good a coach as there is in college football. But as you said, without Cam Rising, they just can't get out of their own way offensively. And man, you know, it, it's bring, it, it's bringing a pebble to to an to an automatic weapon fight when you're tr- when you're Utah and you're trying to pe- play Bo Nix in Oregon without Cam Rising. I mean. They, they just had no answers on offense to a team that really dominates in every facet i mean oregon's explosive in the passing game they can run the football they're great in the trenches they're a really really good football team and as you said a couple of minutes ago they're not done yet and i think they may well be heard from and find a way into this playoff picture as teams start knocking each other off
0: yeah i i agree and um, you know the other thing about Penn State is is they do have a got, good offensive line going back to them, but they're they're beat up and not playing well, and right. that's another thing that's hurting them. All right, uh, that would, we there's some other stuff I want to get to, uh, mainly something that, that paranoid brought up on, on the Twitch. Uh, we'll do that as we we transition to the NFL. But big weekend coming up in college football, especially in the SEC, and. Uh, uh, Tracy Cowley is going to join us for the SEC report after Joe, and look ahead to some really good games coming up this week. Some big showdowns in the SEC. So, as you know, I love my college football and I, I love to talk college football. Uh, and but the, even this week was a little uninspiring. It was just a, a good betting week for me. But other yeah. than that, you know, it just wasn't that exciting to watch. Uh, all right, because we've had some great games over the last few weeks. But uh, all right, let's. Uh, I, I got to tell you guys about. Uh, Piper's Plumbing, Uh, new sponsors to the show, happy to have them, Uh, great people. And you know, guys, you know how hard it is to find a plumber, Uh, especially a good one, especially an honest one. Well, if you want that, 832-632-2583 is your number. And listen, they take care of everything for you. Uh, They're they're licensed in the state of Texas. They're they're healthy and they take care and safety. They can do plumbing, water heater replacement, tankless water heater installation, main water line repair and replacement, gas tests and gas line repair and replacement, and all kinds of stuff they can do for you. So if you need any kind of plumbing help, and let's face it, we all do at some point, uh, based in Leak City, but they work all over the area, just give them a call. 832-632-2583 is the number. And before we get into the games, I want to I get to something that, that Panda brought up, that uh, the NFL basically coming out and telling UH not to use the Oilers' colors anymore. Now, two thoughts about that. First off, the Rockets have been doing it for years now. Uh, Rice did it. Why on earth are they coming after UH? And second of all, how on earth can you claim a color is trademarked? And it's just dumb.
1: I, yeah. mean, I mean, you know, they didn't use the uh, the oil rig on the helmet you know, they used Houston script. I mean, it's a color. It's a color combination. I mean, you know, you, you just can't call it oil or blue, you know. So, but that's typical NFL. I mean, Roger Goodell and his Machiavellian ways. I mean, you know, he could try and do that to UH. He ain't going to try, he ain't going to do that with Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, because Adam Silver is an incredibly sharp guy. And Animal tell them in a very nice way to go scratch.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I hope that's what UH does. I mean, it, it's uh, – um, but I'm, I'm curious to see, all right, if you're going to go after them, you need to go after Rice. You need to go after the Rockets because they've all been doing it. And it's just so typical NFL greedy. They just want money. I mean, that's all yeah. it is. They, they want money from the sales of the jerseys, I'm sure.
1: Ooh, that's, that, all- that's why you have Color Rush. That's why you have third, you know, alternate, then other alternate, then throwback. I mean, you you can't tell me those Steeler throwback jerseys that look like they're out of a Three Stooges short film are something cool that anybody that anybody wants to see on TV. But if it's an opportunity to sell something, we'll put it out there. You know, you yep. saw in the NFL today they did the fashion show with the throwback jerseys and the alternate colors. It's all about sending people to NFLshop.com and get them to buy jerseys. You know, the, the never-ending cash machine that is the National Football League. Yeah, and I, I
0: would just give them a little advice. Nobody in Houston is going to buy the, the Titans jersey. Uh, they're going to buy the UH jersey. And, you know, that's why. And I, and I also think, listen, it, the NFL is too big for – it's. I want to say it's too big to fail now. Um, and – that's ironic because we know what happened with the movie Too Big to Fail. And I think all they do is is try to imp- impose their will on everybody. Like, they rule the sports world. I got news for you. For fans, you do. When it comes to business, no, you don't. So,
1: yeah. It's too big to be petty. How's that? I mean, yeah. way too big to be this petty. You know. yeah count your dollar. I mean, I understand worry about the dimes and the dollars will take care of themselves, but still just stop being so damn petty, you know, handle your business, take care of your product on the field. Make sure, make sure your make sure your your, your Sunday ticket partner can actually get the games on the air and, and, and handle your business and stop worrying about UH doing uh Houston Oilers inspired jerseys. Try that on for size.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, Lamont says, uh, I think we should stop saying uh, NFL. This was a Titans ownership who still live in River Oaks. I'm sure they they said something, but the NFL is the one who made the phone call. So, um, and Panda asked, do you think we'll ever have the Oilers name again? I don't, I don't see it. And uh, Flea says that NBC pregame in Jersey fashion show skits, super goofy and lame, cheesy, even for uh, JJ standards. Yeah, I, I'm not into that stuff. I don't really care. I do like alternate uniforms when they look cool. I don't go buy them. I mean, unless you know, I tried to find a UH shirt from that, but I couldn't find one. But uh, uh, for the most part, yeah, I, I I don't care too much about that stuff. Just get on the field and don't get your quarterback broken, which is kind of one of the themes of the day yesterday. Tyrod Taylor goes down, and they bring in some mafia guy who's probably related to to Fat Joe Spano. Uh, and, uh, Kirk Cousins done for the year. Um, the Falcons lose their quarterback, uh, and lose with the Titans. And Will Levis has the the game of his, his absolute life. Uh, all of those things, Um Pickett goes down in, in, in Pittsburgh. And once again, you get the Mitch Trubisky era. Uh, so kind of a, 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 rough day for quarterbacks and it's that kind of that time of year where you start seeing injuries like this?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, it's the attrition. I mean, in the case of the Giants, you know, you you, you have Daniel Jones already out. Now you got Tyrod Taylor behind a completely helpless offensive line. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor is an injury-prone quarterback anyway. You know, the fact that you've got Daniel Jones down and inactive – you got Tyrod Taylor, who's who's been injured every time he's won a start, every time he's ever won a starting job or started more than a few weeks in a row, he eventually gets injured. And you don't have anybody behind him as your emergency quarterback you actually tr- trust to throw a forward pass past the line of scrimmage. That that's bad planning by Joe Shane, Brian Dayball, and the entire New York Football Giants organization. And you know you you look at a game; they could have won this game. You know, there's talk that Graham Gano's going to need surgery in the offseason and he's 100% go get a kicker off the street, make sure you can make real goals. And by the way, as well as Saquon Barkley played as far as grinding out yardage and running and having success when everybody knew he was going to run the football and there was, you know, no disguising it, he went down almost untouched on a key run that could have also iced the game. You know, so it's an element of, you know, when you look at the New York Giants, this is a bad team that finds new and creative ways to lose. The Jets are a bad team that's finding new and creative ways to win. And while they're not good, they're above 500. And in an ugly, ugly, but entertaining football game, they now have themselves in playoff contention With that offense, if you can believe
0: it. Yeah, and uh, two things about that. On Gnoza's missed field goal, if if you go back and watch the the replay in slow motion, uh, the defensive tackle for the Jets was going to block that kick if he didn't uh, hook it. And Mm -hmm. so that was a really good play and I think a key point of the game. But, you know, you've also – you're letting a bum quarterback run right down the field to tie the game. And you're just finding ways to lose when you do that. And that'll, that'll lead me to the Texans who um, the last drive yesterday was one of the dumbest things I've ever seen from a football team in terms of penalties on every play, Carolina was not going to beat them without help. And boy, did the Texans help. And then what the hell is this kid doing five yards offside twice in a row on the field goals and then getting a personal foul? Because even from that short, that field goal, it, 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 if he's 15 yards back, he might have missed that thing. It's just stupid mistakes that cost you a game. And, I, I you know, and the same thing kind of happened against the Falcons. And I like where the Texans are going. I do. Uh, I, I think they're much improved. But this is two games now that they've lost where, you know, okay, D'Amico, your defense is supposed to be your strength. Stop them on the last drive. Uh, don't go out and get stupid penalties.
1: Well, these are the kind of things that, as they get more experience and more frontline talent, I, I think they start to over, overcome. You know, in watching the Texans, I do think they're extremely well coached. I think they've got a wealth of young talent. I think that this talent needs to grow up. They need to avoid the dumb mistakes, and they need to stop doing what bad football teams do, and that's find ways to lose games opposed to find, finding ways to win games. I think that comes with experience, another round of free agency, another round in the draft where they upgrade the talent all around the football field. And, and I really think 2024 promises to be a very good year for the Houston Texans.
0: Yeah, and and they'll have money to spend in free agency finally too, because uh, all those big contracts come off the books, and they'll be able to add some key pieces. I just I, I find it frustrating that uh, you can't you can't close, and it's one thing that you know in Atlanta they had a quarterback who couldn't miss and played the game of his life. That wasn't the case yesterday. The case was they kept getting stupid penalties all the way down the field on the last drive, and. Then mm-hmm. You know, situated it with the, the dumb personal foul. Those are things that, yeah, experience is great for that, but you can't coach stupidity either. And yeah, that was just stupid. So, uh, all right, let's get to some of the other games. The uh, the Cowboys look pretty good against the Rams. Uh, Dak Prescott with a big day. C.D. Lamb looked terrific. And, you know, I mean, this is kind of the Cowboys. They are so hit and miss.
1: Yeah. And the Rams have come crashing back to earth. Rams got off to a very strong start. They, You watch, they very quickly moved up a lot of teams' power rankings, and people were very excited about that Rams offense. You know, nobody was really excited about the Rams defense, but everybody was very excited about the Rams offense, and people had them as a borderline playoff team. We've now seen over the last three weeks the Rams come crashing back to earth And look a lot more like what we expected this team to look like coming into the season. Some moments on offense, but a far from dominant offense, and a simply brutal defense that can't stop anybody. And, you know, it's a team that's going to be on the outside of the playoff picture, and they'll be, you know, they're a bottom third of the league team right now. They're just not very good, and they've kind of reverted back to the form we all expected them to have coming into the year after getting off to a pretty strong start and pressing people.
0: Yeah, let's uh, let's move on to the to the Vikings who have won three in a row, looking pretty good at four and four. Except
1: Kirk Cousins is now dead. Season's over. Yeah. They 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 don't have a quarterback on that roster that can step in and and give them anything close to what Kirk Cousins gave them. And you know, with no Dalvin Cook, yeah, yeah. this is a team built on that quarterback. And they now don't have that quarterback. So win three in a row, get back to four and four. You don't have that quarterback, you know, for all intents and purposes. That season's now over. The season's now over for them. I don't see anybody on the street that they can go and get that's going to give them what they need to actually carry this team. Because the way they're built, the quarterback has to carry the team. There's nobody on the street that can do that for them.
0: Well, I would say trade deadline tomorrow. And there are some quarterbacks who have had experience in this system. They're not going to be Kirk Cousins, who was having probably his best season. And that's always the way it goes, right? You're having your best season and then you break. But uh, yeah. uh, but I, I look at that division. The Bears are not good. The Packers are clearly not good. Uh, I, I think total fool's goal the first couple weeks. And, you know, if they can get – yeah, I've, I've heard Colt McCoy thrown out there, Case Keenum. Those are guys who can win games for you. They're not going to get you to a Super Bowl, but they might get you to the playoffs. And, um, you know, so they may be making a move. I mean, I think they have to. At uh, four and four, when I look at that division, I mean, the Lions are, are I think, the class, but we're, I'm not ready to anoint them yet. I mean, they, they still are, this is the first time they're doing anything, so anything can happen with them. I, I think they have to make some kind of move. And I think it's possible that it, it you know, winds up being uh, a quality backup like that.
1: So, yeah, the- I mean, yeah, I, and I just don't know that with the way they're built, where it's so quarterback-centric that that quality backup type, the Case Keenum, the Colt McCoy, can make enough plays, which is what they're going to need to get them into a, one of those last couple of wild card spots. I mean, it's a possibility. And they've got to do something. I just don't think the answer's out there.
0: Well, I would say, you know, Justin Jefferson will be back, and that's a big help for anybody. That that would make you or me look good at quarterback. So, True. I, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying they can be Super Bowl contenders, but I think they could be playoff contenders if they got the right guy. Kevin O'Connell's a sharp coach. Uh, Saints are in at 4-4 four and four after they go in and beat the Colts yesterday. Uh, those 4-4 four and four teams are all still – technically in the playoff hunt at this stage of the season halfway through.
1: Oh, sure. And, you know, with the Saints, if they truly figure out this offense, they're going to be okay. And they can emerge from this pack of four and four clubs because the realities are it's an elite defense in New Orleans. That that defense is elite on all three levels, and Dennis Allen leading that defense is, is an elite defensive coach. Pete Carmichael and Derek Carr, absolutely not on the same page offensively. And if you've watched any Saints games, you watch the frustration that Derek Carr works with on a weekly basis. If my quarterback was throwing a hissy fit like that on the field on a constant basis every time a play didn't come in on time, I might pull him down. I might sit him next to me and say something to him and say, hey, you can't show us up like this. It's actually quite disturbing. So if they can get that communication, which has been a major issue, and Derek Carr has talked about it, getting the plays into him on time in these key third-down situations, if they can get the communication straightened out and now with Kamara kind of hitting his stride after the suspension and some of the other pieces, if they can get that offense to be somewhere around league average as opposed to bottom of the league with that defense – Amongst those four and four teams, they're probably the best of the bunch in the NFC.
0: Yeah, I just worry about the coaching. And actually, one of my favorite uh, Halloween costumes I saw yesterday uh, when I I came over here to PJ's to watch the game, Uh, And they do a nice little spread on on Sundays where everybody brings food and, um, you know, watch the Texans and everybody was miserable yesterday. But she was a Saints fan and she went as the offensive coordinator and had like, playbook and, and every play was like Kamara up the middle, get play in late stuff like that. It was
1: hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah uh, Pete Carbide. And, you know, and here's the thing. He didn't want this job. They kind of forced him to take the OC job. It's a really, really weird mix there. And ultimately that offense, I believe could be their undoing.
0: All right. Uh, Jaguars go in and beat the Steelers. Um, I like this cause Travis Etienne had a big day in fantasy for me, but, uh, yeah, the Steelers, uh, they lose picket. Trubisky's in there. Who knows how long that's going to last. Uh, I mean, Steelers may be the most Jekyll and Hyde team in the league. They, they look like garbage one week and lose, and then they look like garbage one week and win. And I, I just cannot figure them out.
1: Yeah, uh, they're, they're hard to bet on. They're hard to bet against. And uh, on the other side of the coin, Jacksonville's starting to find their stride. You know, I I don't think the final score really tells the story of that game. No. The Jags left a lot of points on the field in this one. Between turnovers and settling for field goals, they could have ran away with this game. This game could have been over at halftime.
0: Yeah, and, you know, the one thing I I would just say about that particular game, if you look at the team stats, uh, 377 total yards for the Jags, 261 for the Steelers. Uh, that usually indicates a much, much bigger gap, right?
1: So uh, all You right, kick uh, field goals instead of scoring touchdowns, and you let teams hang around. Sometimes it bites you. The Steelers didn't have the ammunition to make it happen, so the Jags took care of their business. I think the Jags are pretty darn good, and a team we're going to have to keep an eye on in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I, I don't have a lot to add on this one. I mean, Eagles – uh get by the commanders and and in a close game but the commanders seem to always give the eagles fits
1: yeah i mean and and the eagles offensively aren't clicking on all cylinders the change in offensive coordinator with shane Steichen getting the job in indianapolis has really hurt that and there's talk of of some sort of mysterious knee injury for uh, jalen hurts so there's some issues around that Eagles offense that it's not nearly as dominant as it was last year. If they find stride there, they'll be just fine. But I think, you know, you you, you might see this on a weekly basis where the Eagles, you know, you, you keep waiting for them to kind of turn the corner and hit stride. I just don't know when it happens. They, they've kind of been after the first two weeks where they kind of took care of their business, they've kind of been up and down this
0: year. All right, uh, real quick on these last few. Uh, Seahawks beat the Browns. Nice drive at the end. Seahawks were good early and good late and bad in the middle. Uh, Browns' Browns defense is really good, but it, it's hard to go out and win a lot of games with P.J. Walker.
1: You, here's, the, here's the sad part. It's hard for them to win games with Deshaun Watson. The truth is, Deshaun Watson hasn't played much better at the quarterback position than PJ Walker has for them this year. So, the bottom line it's hard for them to win games with that offense, period. As for Seattle, they can stop the run, they can run the football when Geno Smith doesn't make silly mistakes with that set of wide receivers they're pretty darn good and they added a they added pass rush and a and a stout interior defensive lineman in Leonard Williams hear from the Giants. Giants are starting to trade people out now that they're out of playoff contention, and I think that'll help their defense. Seattle's pretty good. I I don't know that they're upper echelon, but they're pretty good within the ranks of the NFC. And right now they're in first in the uh, NFC West after
0: the Niners. Niners lose to the Bengals, and uh, Bengals look good. Uh, The other games that uh, uh, just touch on briefly – uh, well, the Ravens uh, beat the Cardinals, kind of expected that, obviously. Uh, but the game that obviously surprised everybody was the Broncos beating the Chiefs.
1: It just laid the, you know, Chiefs just laid an egg. There's talk that Mahomes wasn't feeling well. 17 games in an NFL season, even the best of teams, they just have one of those weeks once in a while where they laid that egg. Chiefs laid the egg on on Sunday. San Francisco laid an egg again. That's getting worrisome now. Brock Purdy, the warts are being exposed a little bit when they have to ask him to do more. And, you know, you mentioned Cincinnati. Everybody was worried. Burrow dealing with the injury. Now that he's healthy, you'd see that that offense looks like we all expected. And... It's a pretty darn good offense with a pretty darn a pretty darn good defense with a pretty darn good defensive coordinator. The Bengals are on the come; they're a team to really watch out for in the AFC. All
0: right. Well, real quickly, uh, any thoughts on the game tonight?
1: Yeah, I mean, Las Vegas is brutal. You know, I I, I think I think Detroit takes care of their business here. You know, it, it, it's indoors. So Gothel like those conditions. I I expect the Lions offense to look good and kind of dominate this game. And the Lions, who nobody thinks much of their defense, have been pretty tough on defense this year, go back to game one against the Chiefs. And throughout, they really do a good job of limiting points. They're tougher on defense than we expect. I I think this is one where Detroit kind of, runs away, they run away and hide. I, I think they control this from stem to stern. I don't think the Raiders can challenge them much at all tonight.
0: All right, Joe. Appreciate you coming on today. Uh, as always, we will do it again very soon. And uh, my, Great great, uh, great stuff. So
1: My pleasure, man. Right back at you, man. I look, I look forward to doing it again with you real soon, buddy.
0: All right. Okay, uh, before we bring in one of our favorite people, Tracy Cowley. She's gone way up the power rankings here in a few weeks, so Looking forward to having her on, but uh, first I need to tell you about Lanham Industries. And guys, this is your place on Lake Livingston to get anything you want. You want to get a house up there? Uh, they can help you find the right one. They've got all the best vacation home service needs, or if you live up there, how about this? Cleaning, lawn care, laundry, maintenance, inventory management, property management. Uh, all of those things are available. Uh, highly trained and dedicated crew, veteran owned and operated. Andrew's a great, great guy. They get five-star ratings from guests and owners and, and from everybody on the planet who, who's just heard of them, gives them a five-star rating. So give them a call, 936-581-6166, or go online to LanhamIndustries.com. Uh, and if you can't remember that, just hit me up at the falconcast uh, at yahoo.com. Uh, before we get to Tracy, I, I just I want to kind of kind of let you, know, so you guys know what I'm trying to do with the podcast here. Uh, right now, I am selling off some shares, and... If you're interested in being a part owner of the of the uh, Falcon Cast or a significant owner of the Falcon Cast, hit me up at the at Yahoo.com. The plan is is uh, with the new partners, we'll have enough capital to hire a real ad person besides me who can has ties hopefully to Lake Charles and has ties to Poker Go and all of these kind of uh, potential advertisers that I just don't have access to. And with that person raise the value of the site, which is already profitable. So you're buying into a profitable business. And um, the other part of it is I really want to expand the Falcon cast into several podcasts. Uh, I've got a group of writers that are going to do a writer's podcast. I've got some musicians that will do a musician's podcast. And all of those those are all things our ad salesperson can go out and sell and you know, I think one of the coolest things to have would be an SEC podcast with Tracy Cowley. What's up, Tracy? almost did it again. Hey,
2: <laughs> That's awesome, Fred. Um, no, it is. I just want you to know it is uh, hate Bama week. So i <laughs> probably wearing my uh, LSU gear already um, and super excited. So about this weekend, I think it's the best weekend we'll see in the SEC this whole year.
0: Yeah, it's, it's up there, and um, we were talking about some of the games earlier. Let's let's start with this one, though. I find this one interesting. I still think Georgia turns it up when they need to, although mm-hmm. missing Bowers is huge for them. But um, the the reality is they're so good on the offensive and defensive lines. They're just so hard to beat there. But Missouri surprised me, and, and I think you go back and look. One of the more impressive wins they had was that Kansas State win.
2: Absolutely. Um That win and also Kentucky, going on the road to Kentucky, they beat Kentucky and Kentucky and kind of dominated that game, uh, if if you remember chatting about it. And Georgia is so tough. I mean, look what they just did to Florida. Um, They're not as dominant on their lines as they were um, the last two years, but it's still good enough to where it shows on Saturdays. The thing that I see though, is that I think Mizzou can take advantage of them in the passing game. Uh, Mizzou is very capable of, of scoring. Uh, their quarterback, Cook, is doing very well. Um, Georgia is averaging 40 points a game. They're only giving up 14. Uh, Mizzou is averaging about 33 points a game, but giving up 23. So can Mizzou score enough to make it a game? I think it's 16 points right now spread yeah and that's in georgia so it is a day game which which helps a little bit it's a what noon kickoff 11 o'clock kickoff so that will help uh a little bit but um i do think mizzou may put pressure on them in the first half but georgia pulls away in the second half
0: uh let's let's talk a little bit about aggie and 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 before we get into this week's games uh, game i want to get into last week uh Mm -hmm. and i saw some odds today which i think you'll find interesting Okay. Uh, first college football coach to be fired in the NCAA. Mm-hmm. The favorite, Jimbo Fisher. Right behind him is my guy Dana Holgerson. So, wow. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: four to one. I'm surprised Dabo's not up there.
0: I I think Dabo's untouchable. I mean he's he's baby Jesus up there. Uh, but, I know,
2: but four and four is rough.
0: Yeah, uh I'll give you some other names. Uh, Dave Aranda, five to one. Justin Wilcox, mm-hmm. six to one. Mike Oxley, Tom Allen, seven to one. Ken Wilson, Butch Jones, Danny Gonzalez, uh, Brent Pry, Billy Napier, fourteen to one. Sam wow. Sam Pittman. Billy
2: Napier 14-1. already. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, it's Florida, right? And even he says that. You know, they they have higher expectations than being Kentucky in the SEC, which is kind of what they are right now. So
2: it is. But who's going to beat Georgia out there? I still don't think Tennessee is going to do it this year. They don't have the offense. Um, I think that's that's a little bit odd. But Jimbo, how do you do? I get it. They have fat cows sitting on wallets out there in Aggieland. But seventy six million dollars to throw away and burn is a lot. It is a lot. But it, it, I mean, to them, I was you know going back and forth on Twitter with an Aggie and he's like, well, If we're eight and four, that's better than five and seven. I didn't realize that eight and four was where you strive to be because they always seem to be the middle of the pack. They're never really in the mix to win the SEC West. And Brian Kelly comes in with a mess, a dumpster fire, puts a team together and wins the West last year. And has a good chance to do again this year.
0: Well, and I think that's the thing. It's just, Jimbo is not getting the best out of these kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty obvious. And even watching the South Carolina game, while well, they pulled away late, it was just that the, the defense the, mm-hmm. and their their offensive line looked looked horrible.
2: Yeah, early
0: on in the game, they were giving up sacks mm-hmm. to guys who probably should be in
2: junior college. I and, agree. South Carolina is loaded with injuries too. Right yeah, now. they
0: were they were down. They were starting their eighth offensive line of the year, and then they got one of their guys hurt. And yeah. It was, it's just um, you. You have to take care of business there, and you know you can give me the "oh, we were looking ahead to Alabama" thing, but you know, coming off a loss to, to Tennessee, you needed to you needed to show more than that, and especially at
2: home. Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, now, now they get the big dogs, and mm-hmm. they I mean, got not, they not, got not, a I, test. Not Alabama, uh, I'm sorry, Ole Miss. Yeah, because uh, Bama Bam is your guys, uh, yes. but but, uh, but no, Ole Miss is no joke. And no nope. Lane Kiffin, his teams can score. They can run the football. Yes. Uh, they can definitely throw it. They're going
2: to throw the ball on Aggie. Yeah. That is one of their weaknesses is their secondary. They will throw the ball on Aggie. Uh, Jackson Dart will run as well. Um, and that's going to create uh, some space for their running backs as well. Um, Aggie is ranked seventh in defense, but I think that's going to be put to the test this week. Um, Ole Miss can get sloppy, though they can, they let Arkansas kind of hang around. That was kind of a hangover game against the big win against LSU. But I think being at home, I think they're going to pull away uh, from A and M late, and I don't don't see where the offense is going to come from from A All
0: right, let's uh, get to LSU Alabama, and it's Chewy says I wouldn't be so sure because right now LSU has concerns on defense and also special teams mm-hmm. possible. They could beat Alabama, but the Tide can make mistakes and and uh, and make one pay. LSU yep. will have to win without making many mistakes. One thing I will say about LSU, and, and you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, defensively, uh, they were horrible early. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other way to put it. But I, I think the light kind of came on in the second half of that Missouri game, and they've been pretty good ever since. And, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go and – start uh, to quote the Wolf in Pulp Fiction, let's not start bleeping each other's bleeps just yet, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with Army, but still, I I think they've made some changes and some fixes.
2: I think the biggest fix is Harold Perkins Jr. uh, letting him roam and come off the slot position. I think he is going to be a factor in this game. He has to be really for LSU to win. And Milrow has grown to mistakes. Um, And that let's be real, that offensive line has given up 30 sacks this year. That is a massive problem. Uh, That is the strength of LSU's defense is is their defensive line. They are down uh, a defender uh, there, and they're down a few secondary. But the guys coming up are freshmen, and from what I'm hearing, Um, there's some confidence in what they could do. And if they just do it, if they execute what they're supposed to execute, they could give Bama trouble. And if you think about it with that offense, they just need two or three stops in an entire game to win that game. Because Bama is going to have issues slowing LSU's offense down.
0: All right. So give me your – I know your prediction on that game, but Mm -hmm. give me your prediction on the other two.
2: I think Ole Miss wins. I think it's going to be a closer game at first, but then they pull away and win by 10. And I think Georgia covers.
0: Yeah, and I wonder, and we've talked about the buyout with Jimbo, but if they, if they get their butts blown out by Mississippi, mm-hmm. which I could see, are those odds on him at plus 400 to be the first coach fired worth taking?
2: Possible. But I would want to ask, who are you going to replace him with?
0: Oh, they'll go. They'll go spend a fortune on whoever the best guy out there is. Uh,
2: there were there were rumors on uh, Twitter, uh, Dabo, and I'm like, you'd be silly to go get Dabo and pay him any amount of money.
0: <laughs> yeah, Dabo's Dabo's career track is kind of starting to take the same. It, it's Jimbo's fading was.
2: because he doesn't believe in the transfer portal, and he says really silly things. And it just in this day and age, it's going to be really hard to keep recruiting at the level he's used to, competing against uh, the transfer portal nil it's gonna be really difficult for clemson to stay relevant especially with florida state coming on as strong as they are and especially in the nil game
0: yeah and i i I think there'll be some like maybe jim harbaugh suddenly becomes available or somebody like that
2: i think Uh, harbaugh is one of the bears that's just my opinion
0: yeah i i don't i don't see that experiment there lasting much longer either so anyway (laughs) all right well uh uh hey uh I I'd, I'd be remiss to ask you about your 49ers uh are you worried? Oh man,
2: that was it's been a rough 3 weeks for me. If I would have had one of those Dallas Cowboy TVs, I would have done the same thing, but you know, um they've got a they've got a bye week to try to regroup. They have the talent, they have the guys. Uh, the problem is, can they stop anybody? Because it seems like they can't stop anybody. Um, and can they give Purdy a lead to where he feels comfortable? He is still a, a very young quarterback, um, put under a lot of pressure the last three games.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm giving him a, a pass for last week because he's coming off concussion protocol.
2: He is. And uh-huh. I've never
0: I've never seen a quarterback come come off a protocol the day before and go out and play
2: well. In that Cleveland game, uh, he drove down the field to win that game. His kicker missed a field goal.
0: Yeah. So or they'd be let,
2: only two losses right now. Let,
0: yeah. Let's not punt on him just yet. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And are you paying attention to your abs?
2: I am. I am. I, it's still early in the season. I know they, they lost to a team four to nothing. I forgot who it was. Was it Chicago, Blackhawks, maybe? Yeah, um, I, can't,
0: I, I can't remember. I've been watching yeah. so much hockey, I can't keep track anymore. I, I but, loved it. I loved it when they, the Blackhawks and the and the Vegas Golden Knights were doing Nevada Day and playing in the middle. Oh uh, yeah, that was awesome.
2: Yeah, yeah. hockey's uh, amazing right now. And they did. I don't know if you watched. It was kind of like the Red Zone Channel for hockey last week.
0: Yeah, I loved it. That was
2: amazing. They need yeah. to do that again for sure. Yeah, for that sure. was
0: the that was my the Leafs led off the whole thing. So obviously, I watched that game. And yeah. And every everything else was. uh uh was on the fly and it was just awesome. But uh, yeah, no, I going yeah. to
2: an AB home home game this year? Yeah, I haven't talked to you since the the ABS won,
0: and I mean it's been a couple of years. So, so congratulations! They were supposed
2: to win last year, though. I was so pissed because they got yeah. knocked off by the Kraken. They would have won last year if if they would have just gone through the motions of of playing through the playoff.
0: I, I think there were a different team last year than the year before because if they were the team from the year before, I agree. Last year's team wasn't going to beat the Knights. The, they had
2: major good. injuries last year.
0: Yeah. Major injuries. And that's nobody's fault. But they're 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 going to be good for a long time as long as Kale McCarr is on the roster. Yes. Uh, and, and, and he's McK- amazing. I mean, and Nathan and, McKinnon. Yeah. I mean, they're they're just always going to be good. All right, Tracy. Always a pleasure.
2: Uh, I just want to say real quick, if anyone's down to watch uh, to have a great time, LSU's having a watch party at the Drift uh, this Saturday at six forty-five. Uh, there's going to be outdoor tent, music, food trucks, lots of alcohol.
0: That sounds awesome. Where is that located?
2: That's in the Heights. It's in the Heights. It's the drift in the Heights.
0: Okay. I think it's off
2: Twenty Third Street. I think.
1: All
0: right. Yeah. That's, not, that's not too far for me. I mean, I might,
2: I might. No, you there. should come by because there's going to be a lot of women who, you know, they they have a lot of intoxicated women there, a lot of that's, intoxicated that's men there. Type. That's not um, my favorite type. And they, and they just do the LSU fight songs and everything. So it's a great time.
0: Well, LSU women are hot. So if you assure me there'll be single women there, uh, I'll, I'll think about it.
2: I'm sure there will be, Fred. <laughs> I'm sure all, right. Will. all right, buddy. I'll talk to you Thanks, next week. Fred. Can't wait okay. to
0: recap all these games with you. Have a good one. Thanks, Fred. All righty. All right. Somebody's going to have to give me a ride over there, though. That's the only problem. But uh, anyway, I got to tell you about Dr. Linville, who was supposed to, (coughs) (coughs) excuse me, Um, Dr. Linville just does such a great job um, with the neograph procedure, no anesthesia, just numbing medication, minimal pain. Uh, Over 95% of the grafts take because grafts are handled and prepared safely, almost certainly more than that did for me out of the 95 and uh, he comes up with an individualized plan for each and every patient. It's only $4 a graft right now. It's a special for three fifty dollars a graft. And guys, if you wanna do something nice for your ladies for, uh, for Christmas or the holidays, whatever you celebrate, then uh, get your hair done or get something done for her because he's the best plastic surgeon in the history of the known universe. If you uh, wanna check it out, free consultation, if you sign up here. HairSpecialistHouston.com slash GetFalconHair. And uh, if you just call or go by and tell them you heard about it on the on the Falcon Cash, your console fee is waived. That's $150 value. You need the best doctor on the planet? Go see my man, Dr. Linville. All right. A uh, couple of things here before we wrap it up. Uh, the uh, my, my TV report this week, is uh Bosch is dropping three episodes a week on freebie. Uh, Bosch legacy. So far I'm gonna say it's not as good as season one. And you know season one wasn't as good as the original Bosch. But uh pretty good. It's 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 solid and I'm enjoying it. And so if you uh are looking for something to watch, I will say I've pretty much ejected on Loki. Uh it's just the the plot lines are make the matrix look like, you know, little boy blue. So I, I just, and I like that kind of stuff. Police says intoxicated women with daddy issues. Fred's kind of gal. Yeah, you know, I, I, I might be about that. I mean, we don't know. Uh, at this point, guys, I'm not seeing anybody. I'm, I'm going to get this business built up where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, and then, then we'll see. I'm just, I don't have time right now. And I'm just not real interested because everyone I've met is, you know, it, it, they all start out great. And then they, fran- it frankly just turns to shit. And that's probably me. I mean, look at my track record. You know, I got more losses than the Panthers. So anyway, uh, I'm going to tell you about lawyer Dave real quick. He's off on a case out of town. So he was going to try to call in, but, uh, maybe he got a flight home. Uh, but, Lawyer Dave is your guy. If you have any kind of legal issues, give him a call, 713 626 8900. He and I were here last night watching a little football before he uh, he had to leave this morning. And great thing about Dave, you don't pay for a thing unless you win your case. Uh, he'll send you to a doctor. He sent me to a great doctor for my back. And as you can tell, man, look at the head. I mean, it, it, he's done wonders for me. But if you're in an accident, you could give him a call. Because the insurance, the insurance companies have their guys. You need yours. And that's Lawyer Dave. So if any kind of accident, but if you have any legal question and he answered a bunch for you last Thursday, and we're going to do that again soon, where you ask him and he can refer you to another lawyer if it's not something he does. And he's a great, great front man uh, for his firm and a great friend. And please, if you ever need the number and you can't remember it, you can always hit me up, DM me on Twitter, or email thefalconcast at yahoo.com, which is at the bottom of the screen, as it always is, and he'll take care of you. Need a lawyer? You yeah, better dial Dave. day. All right, before we wrap it up today, I have a couple of old people stories for you. And, and when I say old people, I don't mean me, because I'm old. But this is like, well, old creatures, not just old people uh i don't know if you guys saw this but last week a 104 year old woman uh went skydiving to try to become the oldest skydiver in history uh but to quote, quote uh, the late great poet uh well the poets from airplane who wrote the script leslie nielsen said it um uh, irony can be pretty ironic sometimes uh, she died a little more than a week after she potentially broke the world record. And it was before the Guinness book could actually confirm it and tell her that she was the oldest woman to ever jump out of an airplane. Uh, first off, 104 is a hell of a run. And the fact that she was able to skydive. But um, yeah, would have been nice to know, right? And how about this? What do you think the world's oldest dog is? How old? Over under? Well, I'll tell you, 31 years old, a 31 year old dog in Portugal had been the world's oldest dog. He has died also Uh, died over the weekend in a veterinary hospital. We know what that means. We don't have to sugarcoat that. But uh, yeah, lived in Portugal with four cats, which that's tough. That's worse than having four wives. But uh, yeah, 31 years old. So we got 104 for a human and 31 for – wait a minute. 31, what's that in, in human years or dog years? I, I get confused. Anyway, uh, so that's what old people do. They die. All right, guys, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, as always. Be back with AJ on Thursday, and hopefully we'll have some announcements for you about some really cool stuff that's about to happen. Um, but and until then, stay sportsy, Gulf Coast badasses.